Ten years ago in Columbia, Missouri and Kansas played one of the great college basketball games of all time. It had everything, the rivalry, the great high level of play, yes, some dubious officiating on occasion, plus an incredible crowd at Mizzou Arena that day. So join me on this road down memory lane right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou. Your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And you know what? This is actually a previously recorded edition of Locked on Mizzou I'm about to present to you today. In fact, I recorded this during July of 2020 during the throes of the pandemic. I'm not even sure if we knew college football was going to happen at that point. In fact, I'm pretty certain we didn't. We didn't get the official word until July, until, excuse me, August of that year, if memory serves. So you know what? I wanted to give you guys a trip down memory lane. This will be new for all of you in the YouTube audience for sure. And of course, there's been literally hundreds, if not thousands of new listeners who have tuned into this program in the last year and a half since it first aired. So I hope you enjoy this. Of course, the great Marcus Denman, an incredible comeback. The Tigers and the Jayhawks basketball from February of 2012. This is my breakdown coming right at you. Yes, of course, we've been through a lot of the 2011-2012 Missouri season so far, but this has got to be the high point, right? College game day, the basketball version, of course, is on the Mizzou campus for the first time ever. And you know what? This was a fun season just in general because, well, first of all, it was a true round-robin season for the Big 12, the first one ever, because there were only 10 teams. Of course, Nebraska and Colorado had departed for the Pac-12 now, formerly the Pac-10. And you know what? Dan Schulman was on the call during this Missouri-Kansas game with Dick Vitale, and both of those guys were talking about hard feelings for much of the night between Missouri and Kansas. We're really focusing on how this may indeed be the last game between those two schools at Mizzou Arena ever. Well, of course, now it's interesting, right? Eight, nine years later, we know that these teams are going to play again on each other's campuses and also twice in Kansas City. But again, let's not forget that back then, for as much as Shulman and Vitell were bemoaning the loss of great rivalries throughout the country at the time, like Syracuse and Georgetown, for instance, For Missouri, this was truly about survival. We didn't know if the Big 12 was going to survive at the time. We really didn't. That may sound like an exaggeration. If you're a a youngster out there, maybe doesn't remember that weird 2010-2011 conference realignment period, but I promise you, I'm not exaggerating. But entering the actual basketball game, the talk, at least on the base level of matchups, was how was the smaller Missouri team going to handle the much bigger Kansas Jayhawks. And indeed, with Jeff Withy at seven feet tall and Thomas Robinson, who would go on to be a top 10 
NBA draft pick at power forward, you'd certainly assume that Kansas would have a big advantage there. But you know what? Even though they were bigger, Missouri's guards were much better, that's for sure. We've certainly seen Kansas teams with a lot better guards. Although, as we'll see, Tyshawn Taylor did play quite a good game for the Jayhawks on this evening. Now, I was in the building for this ball game watching with my father, but you know what? I'll be honest, this is the first time I've actually seen it on television, so it'll be interesting to get some a different angle on this game. And one of the first things I noticed, of course, I, I do remember quite well that Kim English was guarding Jeff Withy, the aforementioned seven-footer, and that part I remembered. What I didn't remember is all the cross-matches that that choice would cause. You see, we let Ricardo Ratliff stick on Thomas Robinson, and also, <clears throat> excuse me, when Steve Moore would enter the game, he played against Robinson as well. We would just left the six foot five English to guard Withy. And at one point in the second half, Dick Vitale is imploring the Jayhawks, get it into Withy, baby. He's seven foot tall. He's being guarded by a six foot five guy. Well, the problem is, is Withy is not good enough offensively certainly to run your offense through but he's not even really good enough to make Kim English pay in any serious way for the seven inches that he's giving up to him in height but again back to the cross matches that means that Thomas Robinson is guarding Matt Pressey or Kim English on the other end while Withy would then be guarding Ricardo Ratliff so what that means is in the fast break it's a lot easier if you're guarding the same guy who's guarding you then in transition, you basically just have to keep up with each other. But if you have a cross match, if you're guarding somebody who's not guarding you, well, as soon as you're in transition, you got to whip your head around, find your man, and sprint, and hopefully you're somewhere near him. Otherwise, you're going to have problems in transition. And that's one of the reasons why Bill Self probably wasn't able to play Jeff Withy as much as he wanted in this game as much as anything. Now, with this size advantage, the obvious question is, how will Mizzou play it when the ball gets into the post, especially to Thomas Robinson? Well, Flip Pressy doubled the ball, the first possession down court, and the ball is kicked out for an absolutely wide-open Tyshawn Taylor three that he hits for the game's first points. And on Mizzou's second possession, they're fairly stagnant as the shot clock's running down. Well, Marcus Denman pulls up from probably two feet inside of the Tiger logo at half court and just absolutely nails a three from long distance from Mizzou's first points. And, well, that's a good sign because, as Vital pointed out, Denman was shooting 27% from three in Big 12 play up until that point. Then later at one point, Marcus Denman has a hard double on Thomas Robinson at the post. That leads to a wide-open Relaford three a Travis Relaford three, I should say, that is good. Also, earlier, Flip Pressy overhelped on a Relaford drive, and it's now 13-7 to Kansas. Really, from this point on, I thought Missouri adjusted and stopped helping. There was still maybe some overhelping on drives a little bit, but in terms of the post, for the most part, we played it straight up. And in the second half, Thomas Robinson would take advantage of that but ultimately I think that was the right strategy as I think we'll get into more as this episode goes along. Ricardo Ratliff gets off to a fairly quick start offensively in the early minutes of this game but he also committed 
in what is, in my opinion, a silly foul. And he would be hurt by the officials later in that game. So just not committing that one foul early. I know I complain about college officiating a lot, and there were certainly some questionable calls in this game, but if he just doesn't commit that really unnecessary first foul, he doesn't get into trouble. But you know what? Honestly, that may have been a blessing in disguise for Missouri because Steve Moore would play excellent defense on Thomas Robinson, especially in the first half. In that first half, he forced him into at least two turnovers that I could that I could tell and, and into some tough misses. Just a really nice job, good fundamental positioning by Steve and just using that big body of his and you know being able to defend without fouling, too. And then after a beautiful backdoor pass by Marcus Denman to a cutting Kim English, Dan Schulman exclaims, Kim English, not just a three-point shooter. And that is no doubt about that. Kim was truly outstanding in this season. And in this game in particular, Kim was really, really important. And not just in the box score either. Obviously, he would score 18 points in this game. Really kind of a quiet 18 points. He really let the game come to him, in my opinion. But he took at least two charges in the game. Obviously, we know what he did against Jeff Withy defensively. Uh, just a really smart player, Kim English was, especially as a senior. If anything, you know, he may have had a bad turnover or two in the game, and we could argue he took maybe a quick three or two. But, you know, the thing about quick threes, by the way, they're always great when they go in, but when they don't, for a couple trips in a row, that can get your team out of rhythm a little bit. I will say that. So it is. that's one of the interesting things about hoops in general is balance. What is a good shot? And the thing is, to me, I really didn't mind those what you would call the quick threes by Kim there because they were in rhythm shots. You know, they were in his right hand perfectly. Again, it, you can just kind of feel it if you're a shooter. If he's that good of a shooter, which he is, somebody like Denman, somebody like English, I think you give them the green light. And if the defender knows that they can pull up at any second, well, that's always going to put them on their heels and their toes a little bit whatever the analogy is correct for that situation. But speaking of finding the right thing for the proper situation, let's talk about one of our finest sponsors and one of our newest sponsors, and that's Athletic Greens, because I was looking for a solution to better gut health, just better overall health, better energy, and just a better quality of life. Well, at a certain point when you get down that road, you start realizing, my God, I'm taking handfuls of vitamins and supplements every single morning. Well, guess what? Athletic Greens has got this whole process figured out. They've simplified it with something called AG1. You see, AG1, with that product, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole-sourced superfoods, probiotics to start your day off the right way. And here's the good news. You put it in your morning water, your morning coffee. It doesn't overwhelm you with some disgusting taste. In fact, it's pretty satisfying. So it's the best of both worlds. That's what I like about this product. And you know what? To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com 
slash college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So after Marcus Denman successfully completes an old-fashioned three-point play, Missouri takes its first lead 17-15 to and one thing to note here for all you youngsters, Marcus Denman with such a simple, effective free throw notion, motion, I should say, just very, very little movement there, about as simple as it gets. And obviously the elbow always in perfect perpendicular to the floor position. Yeah, you're not going to do much better than that. I would personally bend my knees more than Marcus does, but hey, guess what? He's a way better free throw shooter than I am, so... Don't listen to me. But I will say I do think it's noteworthy, even though Withy, Jeff Withy, that is, the seven-footer for Kansas, even though he didn't play a ton in this game because of foul trouble, cross-matching, various reasons, he was bothering Phil Pressey a lot, especially as far as finishing around the rim. But, of course, he did pick up his second foul with nine minutes left in the first half, and, and they did miss his rim protection quite a bit. And this was a really, not a deep Kansas team. I mean, Missouri only played seven guys essentially this season. Five guards, two big guys. But really, they played about, Kansas played about six and a half guys this season. So really with Withy being kind of limited here, they were forced to play four guards a lot. Play a lot more Connor Tehan in that Withy spot. And we would, well, Connor Tehan, let's just say he's going to come up here late in the second half. And as we move along further here in the first half, Marcus Denman would steal the ball, make a wide-open layup, capping off an 11-0 run for Mizzou, making it 39-32. to Bill Self needs a timeout. Kansas would get the last bucket of the half, cutting the Mizzou lead to five. Notably, Tyshawn Taylor had 17 points in the first half, and the rest of the team obviously had that, that total as well for 17 Denman and English combined for 26 for Mizzou, while the rest of the team only had 13. Now, one of the first possessions for Mizzou of the second half, Marcus Denman missed an open three, but what I loved is to note here is how hard Ricardo Ratliff ran to the rim, beat Thomas Robinson down court, and thus forced the Kansas defense to collapse onto Ratliff. That's what gave Denman that great shot that he semi-shockingly missed, to be honest. But you know what? Again, process over results. That was good process right there. A great shot for Missouri. And you know what? I failed to mention in the first half that Ricardo Ratliff's second foul was an absolutely phantom foul that should have been on somebody else. But then, what should have been Ricardo's third foul, they magically called it on Matt Pressey who was absolutely nowhere near the play, to the point where Steve Moore was being checked into the game by by Frank Haith, who then waved him back when he heard the announcement. He obviously assumed that Ratliff had just committed his third foul. So if you don't think makeup calls exist, I'm going to show you Exhibit A, which is that play for sure. And I'll just say I have a love-hate relationship with Ricardo Ratliff. Well, really had. Had, have, eh, I don't know. You tell me which tense I should be using. But basically, I loved his offense, and I hated his defense. 
He just always had bad body positioning and instincts and just was almost always a half step too slow, which would end up, frankly, getting him into foul trouble more often than not, which is a little bit ironic. I just said he was a half step slow often, which is a little bit ironic considering how quickly he makes up his mind on offense and how quickly he's able to get that ball up onto the rim and backboard and, and usually through the basket. But really another bit of a stagnant start offensively for Mizzou's couple sloppy turnovers and frankly bad defense allows Kansas to retake the lead 45-44 and Frank Haith is none too happy with the Tigers' effort at the moment and lets them hear about it. At one point early in the second half, over seven possessions, Missouri goes 0 for 5 with two turnovers trailing by three against Kansas now just a bad start to the second half by Mizzou to say the least Thomas Robinson is now driving by Ricardo Ratliff at will quite honestly so that's just a problem right there again it's a good thing Steve Moore gave us a solid 20 or so minutes because we wouldn't have won the game without his without his solid defense in my opinion but you know just to give Ricardo some love too well, really, this is more of a Frank Haith coaching staff love here. Ricardo, on a baseline inbounds play, sets two screens up high and then sneaks behind the defense for a wide-open dunk. And again, just a little basketball 101 here. Ironically, screening for somebody else is sometimes actually the best way to get yourself open. And another lesson for coaches, especially Screen-the-screener plays are tried and true on the baseline and will work for time immemorial. You'll at least get somebody open on them. I promise you that. Now Ricardo Ratliff officially does pick up his third foul after allowing an and-one to Thomas Robinson. Ricardo a little bit out of position in the post there. Definitely deserved the foul, in my opinion. And with under 10 minutes left in the ball game, Kansas has its biggest lead so far at 60-53. to And Michael Dixon hits a really tough contested three, a, a huge shot cutting the lead to four because crowd was getting a little restless there, to be honest. And I think at this point, I don't know if I've referenced this enough or not, but Phil Pressey is really struggling badly in this game. He just looks a little bit lost and out of sync just really the entire time. And I think at this point, with Missouri trailing and the offense kind of struggling a tiny bit, I think you have to consider putting Dixon on the point for the duration of the game. And Haith does that for a long stretch here, but, you know, Pressey does get his minutes here at the end. But. Anyway, just, just that was what I was thinking as I was re-watching this game for the first time in many, many years. By the way, Phil's brother Matt also struggled in this game. Took a couple, in my opinion, bad shots in the first half. A couple quick mid-range jump shots that I wasn't in love with. But, man, he made an excellent play in the second half for his only points where he just made a really good drive and finish underneath the seven-foot Jeff Withy, cutting the lead to two points. And honestly, you know what? Marcus Denman, for as great as he was in this game, he took a really bad shot here on a fast break, a contested long two that had me throwing my hands up a little bit. But you know what? We'll, we'll give him a pass, I think, don't you? Speaking of long twos, 
Thomas Robinson shoots a quick one of his own, and I'm going, thank you very much. We will give you that shot all day. He is absolutely killing Ricardo Ratliff in the post and off the drive, by the way. And you know what? Finally, Ricardo Ratliff does pick up his fourth foul. Now, that time, he was in fine position, although he got a little deep there, I'd say, but that shouldn't be cause for a foul. That's an absolutely ridiculous call, in my opinion. But regardless, Kansas now leading 64-61 to with six minutes left. And we'll finish out recapping the last six minutes of this thrilling basketball game. But first, I want to tell you about our title sponsor, BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your betting stats, sports info, all your betting needs. That's for darn sure. Whether you're into the big guys like Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, well, you know what? You can dive even deeper to all kinds of different sports, horse racing, boxing, MMA, even esports, even entertainment-based props. If you want to bet on the Oscars, well, they've got you covered there. Even your next WWE wrestling event, yes, it's all covered at Bet Online. Are you into cricket? Are you into table tennis? Once again, I promise you, they have you covered. However, you get your jollies, it's there at BetOnline.net. Head there today. Use your computer or mobile device. Once again, they've got you covered with every prop you could possibly imagine. This is the place we trust at the Locked On Network. It's Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, at a certain point, Missouri got tired of watching Thomas Robinson score in the second half, so they throw a double team at him. Kansas gets a wide open shot out of it. Fortunately, it misses, though, and As you can probably tell, and if you've really listened for a long time, you know I'm not big on double-teaming the post, especially in college basketball. In general, I'm just more of a, hey, obviously you need help when guys are getting to the rim, but, you know, make a guy make a one-on-one move. Make him make a shot. I think that's easier defensively than trying to shut down open shooters at this point in 2020, but what do I know? And Denman would kind of overhelp on Robinson a little bit and was slow getting back on the kick out to his man, Connor Tien. Tien knocks down the shot. It's now 67-63, Kansas. And as Shulman describes it, Tien, he is woofing something serious at Marcus Denman. Oh, oh, Connor Tien. Oh, you silly, silly young man. That was a huge, huge mistake. But thank you. Honestly, thank you. But it really is starting to look bad for Mizzou here as Thomas Robinson hits a turnaround jump shot, extends the lead to six. That's his best move of the night in the blow post to me. Crowd is silent. Mizzou turns it over. We're now under four minutes. More stagnation offensively. Robinson just having his way in the second half. Now Tyshawn Taylor drives baseline, throws down a thunderous dunk, puts Kansas up eight. It's now 71-63, to and quite honestly, I remember this moment of the game quite vividly. I am thinking, oh no, we, we just lost. I really am. I'm thinking, well, that sucks. We had a chance to get in first place in the Big 12, but yeah, there it goes probably. Too bad. I still love this team anyway. Now Flip has the ball really with nowhere to go, fires it way out to midcourt, 
shot clock's winding down, hoping Marcus Denman can bail him out. He cannot. He misses the shot. Now it's looking extremely bleak. In fact, I go into the the advanced stats here. Ken Palm looking back at its win percentage graph. At this point, Ken Palm gives Missouri a 3.5% chance of winning the game. And Marcus Denman somewhere must have heard that and said, so you're telling me there's a chance. In all seriousness, 3.5% almost felt a little high just judging by how the game was playing off, playing out at that moment. But when you've got a great offensive team and a great shooting team like Missouri, well, obviously, you're still in the game. Now remember, it was 71-63 to 63 Kansas. But now the next possession, good defense by Steve Moore, forces a Thomas Robinson travel followed by a Marcus Denman drive and and one against Thomas Robinson, which was a good call. He definitely fouled him. Mizzou now has two fouls to give, which is helpful as the game goes along here. This is where Steve Moore, next possession, takes his famous charge on Thomas Robinson for his fourth foul. That's a bad, bad call, says Dick Vitale. And you know what? It's definitely a controversial call, and the – Officials were very charge-happy all night, so honestly, it's kind of a consistent call. So if you don't like that call, honestly, if I was being a completely objective viewer and there were no jerseys on either team, I might agree with Dick. But as that game was called that night, as though, as that crew called it, uh, it was questionable, definitely questionable. Not a ton of contact, definitely spun into his, I don't know, side a little bit. Charge, eh, maybe not. If I were a Kansas fan, I would definitely hate it, but them's the breaks. Sometimes you get calls when you're at home, as we'll find out in Lawrence later, unfortunately. But now Mizzou has the ball. Denman with a tough three-pointer off the curl, moving to the right. Obviously, Self still not trusting Jeff Withy here. He doesn't play at all down the stretch. Next possession for Kansas, Tyshawn Taylor. Too much dribbling, loses it, stolen by the Pressies. And now the next possession, Denman, shot clock's clearing. Shot clock is winding down, I should say, and Denman gives the clear-out motion with his right hand, passes it, gets it back in the corner, hesitates maybe to get a better grip on the ball, I'm not sure, but then fires it over Connor Tehan, makes it Mizzou by one. Bill Self needs a timeout. And you know what? Remember when Connor Tehan was talking crap? I don't think Marcus Denman said a word after this shot. He was completely stoic. And the referees did initially rule this shot a two, but correctly went back, reviewed it, gave Mizzou the three. And at this moment, this has got to be as loud as it's ever been at Mizzou Arena. I can promise you that. And down the stretch here, Mizzou definitely going offense, defense with Ricardo and Steve Moore, but mostly leaving Steve out there. Certainly they need his defense out there against Taylor, or I'm sorry, against Robinson right now, and to help on Taylor and the rest of the guys too, but certainly to go one-on-one with Thomas Robinson. Now again, more Tyshawn Taylor heavy offense here down the stretch as he forces his way into the paint, draws a questionable foul on Michael Dixon, but he bricks the first first free throw, Bricks the second one as well, and it's still 72-71 Mizzou. Again, the 
deafening noise of that crowd was just something I'll never forget during those missed free throws by Taylor. I'd like to think I helped make him miss those for sure. But now with a one-point lead and a five-second difference on the shot clock, Kansas decides to foul Phil Pressey with 22 seconds left. Unfortunately, Phil misses the front end of the one-and-one. Ouch. I mean, honestly, it's a bit of a mistake there. you got to give either Michael Dixon or Marcus Denman, frankly, the ball there. Flip is a a solid free-throw shooter, don't get me wrong, over 75% for sure, but still not as good as Denman nor Dixon. And Flip has struggled, to say the least, in this game. And you know what? This is a nervous Mizzou crowd at this point, and why not? This is for first place. Last Big 12 game between the two in Missouri Arena. So much at stake here. But needing a stop, Missouri gets it. Dixon draws, well, a bit of a questionable charge on Tyshawn Taylor, but honestly, I think if Taylor just jumps straight up, there's no call there. Unfortunately for him, he jumps right into Dixon's face, knocks him down, and yeah, to me, that's an offensive foul. Some some might call it a make-up call. Eh, Could be. If you're Michael Dixon, you may be saying that, but it's a tough one. Dixon beat him to the spot, but you know what? I'm a biased Missouri fan, so I'll take it. Now Dixon does go to the foul line, makes them both. Now it's 74-71. Missouri doesn't foul, by the way, on the final possession up three, but KU gets a terrible shot. Not close. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Missouri switched everything, not allowing a clean look. And that's your ball game, 74-71. After that Tyshawn Taylor dunk, Missouri ends the game on an 11-0 run, claiming first place in the Big 12, moving to 22-2 on the season. Marcus Denman finishes with 29 points, made six three-pointers, also chipped in with nine rebounds. Kim English with 18 points, Michael Dixon with 15 And certainly, Steve Moore, with all types of contributions that didn't necessarily show up in the box score. But, man, that had to be Steve Moore's finest hour. It really did. And honestly, even though Tyshawn Taylor obviously had a great first half, got off to a tremendous start, I thought it was really bizarre to go back and watch this game and realize that it was all him offensively for the last couple minutes of this game Meanwhile, Thomas Robinson was having his way. Even against Moore, he was figuring it out, but especially against Ricardo Ratliff, he was doing whatever he wanted. But again, thank you, Bill Self. Thank you for not giving Thomas Robinson the ball the last two minutes. We genuinely appreciate it. Thanks for checking out this flashback edition of Locked on Mizzou. Thanks for making us your first listen. Now make your second listen locked on the NFL Draft. Be sure to subscribe to their YouTube page because they're going to go live during the NFL Draft all three days. Some really good analysis from them. It's free and available on YouTube, of course, and you can subscribe to the Locked on the NFL Draft for free wherever you get your audio podcasts as well. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been... Locked on Mizzou.